Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. The Witness Protection Nurse, a novel, is the new book that's on shelves right now. It's by Beverly Renauf Gillette, and Beverly is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Beverly, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. It's my pleasure to be with you, Corey. Thank you. I'm really curious to hear what goes on in The Witness Protection Nurse. Could you tell me about it? Well, it's about a nurse that inadvertently overhears and sees a murder that was authorized by the Chicago mob on a 15-year-old pregnant girl who was the daughter of a senator from our state. And it goes on to say why she had to leave and why she was being traced and why they wanted to kill her. Oh, where did the idea for this plot come from? Well, it was culminized from my work in the operating room for 37 years. And then my late husband was in law enforcement and did some transporting. So I kind of got the thought from that. I have what they call an overactive imagination, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of put it all together from all of his experiences and some of the things that I had gone through. Hmm. About how long did it take you to write? Uh, roughly about a year. I had to travel to Alaska to get some of the in-house decisions on what to do and how to write it, places to go, and what would be a good storyline. Then I went into California, where I had lived for several years, and traveled to Nevada City and some of the places I mentioned in my book, trying to bring it all together in a good storyline. What's your writing background like? Have you been writing a long time, or is this something you've just taken on? Well, it's something that I really have just taken on. When I was in college, I took a writing class. I was interested in writing. I always have been. But my life kind of went a different direction because I got married, had six children, and was a wife, a mother, and spent my career in an operating room as well as labor and delivery. And when I finished up my career, I was working in open heart surgery. So I had a vast idea of different things with surgery, but I never went and did anything with it as far as writing. Mm. Well, you certainly had a vast wealth of experience to draw on for this, so sounds like you were the right one to write this book. Well, I hope so. My kids just told me they thought that they thought it was a good, good idea, and so I went ahead and finished it up and submitted it to Christian Faith Publishers, and they accepted it. So I went from there. Well, congratulations on getting this out there. Now, after all the hard work, after all this time and energy that you've put into it, now knowing that you're a published author, what's the feeling that you get when you think that? <laughs> it's a feeling of elation. Oh, how can we say? Disbelief at times. Uh, I hold my book in my hands and see it and think, my gosh, I really accomplish it. So I don't know. It's just something that made me feel like I've really accomplished 
something other than my career and my family, and uh, I don't know how else to say it. So are you thinking of writing more? Are you going to continue this, maybe get some more published? I certainly hope so. I'm in the process of writing another book now. I have finished one that was in a different line. Uh, It was still a crime mystery, but I'm editing it now before I send it in to uh, the company to make sure that everything is cohesive. When I finish doing that, I'm also working on another one that involves the gold rush times and a family's search for what they thought was going to be the pot of gold. And it went from Hangtown, which was now Palasterville, into the Klondike, into Alaska, and then down into modern day times, which is Austin and Cold Springs and the mines out there. And follows the family and, and the generations of that family. So I'm working on that now. Wow. Now, since it was your first time publishing, what advice would you give to aspiring authors who are just about to enter into this publishing world? Well, the only thing I can tell them is that if they really want it, go for it. Hmm. Because the only thing you can be is either accepted or turned down, and you can't win without trying. The book is called The Witness Protection Nurse, a novel written by Beverly Renauf Gillette and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere. You get your books on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and down the street at your local bookstore. Well, Beverly, thank you again for being here tonight. I really enjoyed our conversation. Well, thank you very much for having me, Mr. Graham, and I appreciate the time. Well, pulling up a seat right next to me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author J. Mac Hargis, Ph.D. He's written a new book. It's out right now. It's called It Isn't Always Black or White, Reflections of a High School Principal During Nashville's Integration. Mac, thank you for joining me here tonight. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me what you've written about here in It Isn't Always Black or White? Well, in nineteen in the 1960s, mid-1960s, uh, Nashville uh, public schools went through uh, integration. And this is the story, basically, of my experience as a high school principal implementing this uh, integration procedure. Hmm. Was there anything in particular that inspired you to write this book? Well, one thing is that I would like for people to understand and know what actually took place during those years. And another thing is my dad, he had a cancer, and when he was going back and forth to the doctors, I went down and stayed with him, and I drove him back and forth, and I put a tape recorder in between us. And as we drove, we talked about himself uh, and uh, how uh, it was when he was growing up and so on and so forth. And I asked him if I could write a book about that. His comment was, who would want to hear from about me? And I said, maybe your great-great-grandkids. Mm. So I wrote the book, and his last Christmas with us, he gave that book to all of the kids oh, and wow. seemed to please him a great deal, and it did us for sure. And so I started thinking about maybe I need to do the same thing for my kids. So that's actually kind of what started it. Oh, that's fantastic. About how long were you working on this? That depends on how far back you want to go. Uh, We can say from 65 to 1988. But actually, seriously working on it, uh, I'd say three to five years, something Mm. like that. Mm. Writing is very difficult whether people realize it or not. Oh, I was going to ask you about that, if it was an easy thing or a hard thing. What was the most challenging thing about writing this? English grammar. (laughs) (laughs) No, 
the challenge, most challenging thing uh, was going through this process of what actually happened and breaking down the things and trying to be exact on everything. And so it would portray the actual story of what really went on and what happened. Now, when it comes to talking about race and racial issues, was anything sort of holding you back just because of the tension that can be there? Of course, it crossed my mind, crosses everybody's mind these day and times. But no, I just made up my mind that I was just going to tell it like it was and how it happened. And when you're in a situation where you're trying to correct, basically correct a wrong that had been around for years, Mm. then both groups that are there, the ones that have been harmed and the ones that were trying to change it, both groups are are, are going to suffer. And I tried to lay this out so everybody would understand there were no winners in this, really, when it boils down to it. Hmm. It's something that had to be done. Is this your first venture into writing, or have you written before? Of course, my dad's memoirs, but I developed a course for one of the universities around here. Hmm. It's textbooks like for, it was financial planning for educators. Hmm. This is my first memoir, so to speak, that I have tried to publish. Hmm. What kind of feeling did you get? You know, whenever you work on books, it's all on the computer screen and you're seeing everything virtually, even how it's going to look. And once you get that first physical copy in your hands, what sort of things go through your mind? (laughs) That's a good question. You look at it, there's some pride, some warmth that goes through that I actually did this. And then you look at it again and said, you know, that looks pretty good. Am I sure I did this? No. But there's, there's a certain amount of pride there, especially when I didn't realize just exactly how difficult it was going to be, the writing plus absorbing the uh, past 50 years and trying to do it justice. Hmm. So do you have plans to write some more, maybe another book or something different? Well, I've had several people that have read my book have asked me if there's going to be a sequel to it and if, did I have enough information to write another book. And I'm not special as far as what happened to me. Every teacher and every administrator and parents, too, that went through these turbulent times have stories they could tell. So uh, Mm. there's abundance of material still out there that hasn't been put to pen yet. So to answer your question, who knows? (laughs) Do you have any words of wisdom for aspiring authors, somebody who wants to write their first book and get published for the first time? Everything you've learned in the process, do you have anything you could tell them? Well, one, one main word I would say is persistence. Mm. You know, I'd set myself up a schedule and I'd say I'm going to be in front of the computer at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And I'd have my schedule set up, but I wouldn't show up sometimes. Mm. It's difficult, but if you really want to do it, you'll get it done. And so I admire anybody that wants to become an author and uh, work towards publishing a book. Well, the name of Mac's book is It Isn't Always Black or White, Reflections of a High School Principal During Nashville's Integration. Of course, written by J. Mac Hargis, Ph.D., and published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere you get your reading material on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Mac, thanks again for joining me here tonight. Thank you for writing this book. I'm looking forward to seeing more from you. I had a really nice time talking with you tonight. It's been my pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Gracie the Graceful Swan is the new book that's out on shelves now by Nina McKee, and Nina is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Nina, thank you for being here with me tonight. Well, thank you. 
Could you tell me what Gracie the Graceful Swan is all about? It's a Christian-based book. It's uh, about a mother swan and her goslin. They go through life experiences, and uh, the mother teaches the daughter not to be scared and teaches her how to swim. Hmm. How did the idea for this come about? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes things just come to you, you know? An imagination, I would say. Mm. So have you written before, or is this the first time you've written a book? No, I've, I've written things through the years. I've just never, you know, got anything published. Well, congratulations on getting that first one officially published. Now you can call yourself an official author. How do you feel whenever you're like, wow, I, I finally have a book out there in stores? It feels good. Um, it's an accomplishment, mm. and I'm, I'm proud of it. Yeah, you should be. What was the most challenging thing about writing the book? Well, writing comes pretty easy to me. It was just, um, you know, the long process of getting it published and hmm. getting it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any advice now for authors who are looking to go down that path for the first time, the, the writing and, and the publishing? What words of wisdom would you have for them? Just never give up and keep in mind that God has a plan and he'll see you through. You know, hmm. it's just... Uh, Never given up on life. Did you have a certain age range, a certain target audience in mind whenever you wrote it? Uh, no, not exactly. And I'm not really sure how they labeled that. It, it may be a little bit more advanced for small children. I, I think it goes up to age 12. Do you have any plans for what you're doing next? Are you going to continue writing, maybe publish something else? I've got several written, yes. I've had uh, some drawbacks, but uh, I've got several more books written, and writing comes pretty easy to me when I can clear my mind. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Do you ever get writer's block? Um, sometimes, yes. Hmm. Do you have a plan, a strategy for something you do whenever you hit that wall, and do you have something that you do to get back into it? I uh, just put it out of your mind and get outside and come back to it later. Hmm. Now, often when you're driven to write, and obviously you have a passion for writing, it also goes hand-in-hand hand with having a passion for reading. So would you call yourself an avid reader? Not, not really. I really don't read that much. So you're more of a creator than a consumer. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you go to write, do you have like a certain place that you go or maybe some music you listen to, any sort of routine like that? Or do you just sort of write whenever it hits you? I just kind of write when it hits me, and I, I usually just like silence. I don't, I don't mm. like a lot of noise around when I'm writing. So would you say your writing is sort of a, almost a therapeutic sort of thing for you? I believe so. That is the great thing about writing, I find so often, is that while you're looking to release this to the world and looking to help people and benefit their lives, at the same time, while you're writing it and creating it, you're working on yourself, too. There's a lot that you're benefiting yourself by doing this. You're, you're exactly right, yes. Hmm. I just feel like this book would be beneficial to children. I mostly write just children's books, you know, just to motivate them to think positive and never give up on their dreams. That's like a logo of mine, never give, give up on your dreams hmm. and uh, try to encourage your children to do the best they can. That Nothing's out of their reach. You know, if they have a mindset to do just whatever they want, they can always reach their goals. You know, I feel like if uh, we encourage our children that they can be anything in life that they want to be. Oh, you're absolutely right. That's so important. I noticed the scripture that you emphasized in this. It's Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Such a great verse. What was the significance of that? I love that verse. 
I'm not good at remembering a lot of verses, but that, that is just one of my favorite verses. I, I just feel like it goes hand in hand with my book and encouraging children to fulfill their dreams and, and, and just push them a little bit in the direction. Just never give up on life. And, you know, parents really need to take time with their children and read to them and encourage them. And if they've got an art talent, push it or, or a reading talent or writing talent, just to just always encourage, you know, the children to do to do their best. And I always told, you know, my kids never give up. You can always do anything you want to do. Absolutely. Thank you for putting that wonderful message out there. Nina's book is called Gracie the Graceful Swan, of course written by Nina McKee. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere you get your books, at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores too. Nina, thank you so much again for joining me today. Thank you for writing this book and, and putting this great message out there for the world. I had a nice time talking with you tonight. I enjoyed talking to you, and it was a pleasure. I appreciate that very much. A man is pulled into the world of photography, literally. In the new novel by Dave Taylor, titled Faces from the Past. I'm really happy that Dave is joining me here right now at the show. Dave, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you asking me on. I love the premise of this book. Could you tell us all about it? Uh, the story is about a man who's joined his family tree research and finds that as he's looking at the, the detail of the photograph of his great-great-great-grandparents and family sitting in front of their house, he is suddenly pulled into the photograph. He is now standing behind a photographer who's taking that same picture. And then he walks to the side of the photographer only to realize that he's back in 1900 looking at the actual faces from the past. He gets to spend time with them, and the next morning he finds himself back in his room in the present day. Now, he'll continue this process with another family picture and then with some miscellaneous pictures that he has in his collection, always with the same results. Hmm. Where did the idea for this come from? I've been working on family tree research. I've been tracing my family tree back to England, Scotland, and even my great-great-grandfather who was born on a boat from Ireland. But looking at some of the photographs I have, it almost feels like you could be pulled into that picture and you know, be able to talk to these relatives. And that's, uh, that's exactly what the character in my book does. So when they say that a picture is worth a thousand words, you found that to be absolutely true. It's more than a thousand words. <laughs> it becomes real life. Mm. So what's your writing background look like? Have you written books before? No, this is, uh, I've had multiple little stories that I've started, but this is the first one that I've ever finished and published. Congratulations. It's a huge Thank deal you. to finish a book, uh, let alone get it published and out there. Uh, how do you feel now being a published author? Well, it's quite an accomplishment. I've always wanted to write. Both my mom and my brother tried to accomplish that, but unfortunately, they passed away before they could reach the goal. So, in fact, I, I wrote a comment in all the books and gave to my grandkids, basically saying to, you know, set your goals and strive to achieve them. Mm. So you can do that. And I know because I was able to achieve one of my goals of being a published author. Being your first book, did this one take you a long time to write? It took me two years to write. I have a full-time job, so uh, I was doing this in my spare time. What was the toughest part about it? 
the toughest thing is to actually get started. Mm. I've had these different scenarios about the photographs and being pulled in. And so I start writing them down and then gathering them all together and creating an, an outline and then finally starting to link them together and to start writing the book. Have you thought about a sequel, maybe? Actually, I'm, I've already started a sequel to The Phases from the Past. Hmm. Hopefully it won't take me another two years. <laughs> the storyline has an endless possibilities because there's multiple pictures out there. Then I have a couple other stories that I'm playing with, and we'll have to see where those lead me. I love how you wrote some inspiration to your family in this book. What inspiration could you give to aspiring authors who want to put their first book out there, too? I would say it's never too late to take those ideas that you have in your mind and write them down. That's how I got started. You just get started with an idea or a dream and just write them down, condense them, create an outline, and you can start to see your story start to build. An awful lot of authors I talk to are also avid readers. Does that describe you? I read quite a bit. My favorite one is uh, I love mysteries like Agatha Christie's. Mm. And, but I also like fictional history. I'm a big fan of John Jakes. Did you ever think of maybe venturing outside of this whole genre, the novel thing, and maybe go a different direction? Not really. Like I said, I have a full-time job, and this is kind of a part-time entertainment for me. But I've always wanted to write a book, and so the idea of putting it all together and publishing it was a great achievement for me. Absolutely. So many people say, Someday I'm going to write a book. I'm going to get a book out there. And not a whole lot of them do. So it says a lot for you oh, for you. getting it out there. That's exactly what I did. Exactly what I did is I've always wanted to. And, you know, it took me quite a while, but you know, I finally got to do it. Absolutely. And we're glad you did, Dave. The name of the book is Faces from the Past. It's written by Dave Taylor, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere you get books on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Dave, thanks again for coming on the show here with me tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. They're great life lessons, perfect for Bible studies and book clubs. They're in the new book by Judy F. Hicks. It's titled, Life is Fragile, But Love is Strong, Identifying the People and Circumstances Comprising the Mosaic Window of Our Lives. I'm really happy that Judy is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Judy, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me about your book? What's this all about? Well, it's about how God uses people and circumstances to form the mosaic window of our lives. The chapters summarizes how he did it in my life. And remember, we leave our fingerprints on every life we touch. Mm. Is there anything in particular that inspired you to write the book and get it published? Well, yes. What inspired me was the Lord. Mm. <laughs> For years, people told me that I needed to write a book. And uh, then about five years ago, the Lord told me I needed to write a book. And so I sat down and asked him what he wanted me to say and, and how he wanted me to lay it out. He basically gave me the chapters, the summaries, how he wanted me to summarize each chapter. And it was almost mechanical sometimes hmm. when I would sit down. It would come fast sometimes, and I knew what he was having me to write. I learned a lot through the process. 
he brought back things that I had forgotten that he wanted me to put in. Hmm. So this is your first book then that you've had published? Yes, it is. Oh, congratulations. That's a huge deal. You know, so many people say, yeah, someday I'm going to write a book and, and very few actually do it. And you did it. So what kind of feeling does that give you? Well, it gave me a sense of gratitude that in that mm. I completed something that the Lord wanted me to do and that I honored him and also helped people to see how we go through the things in life that we do so that we could help others. And I think that that was a lot of the reason that the Lord had me to do that, because in it, it had the salvation process, which I, I was excited about because some people may read it that have never known what the salvation process is. Mm, absolutely. So do you feel called to maybe write another book? Yes, I have another book in the back of my mind hmm. when I can get, get around to doing it. <laughs> this took a while. <laughs> mm. What would you say was the most challenging part of writing the book? Allocating the time. Mm. And I have health issues, a lot of health issues. So between working with the problems with my health and then writing, but you know, it also gave me a sense of release from this world to another world. Mm. Because when I would write, the Lord had me exactly where he wanted me to be. It just took a little bit of time. So it sounds like you're writing this book to help and inspire others, but while you're writing it, God was actually working on you, too. He absolutely was. Well, that's wonderful. Do you have advice now for aspiring authors who want to write that first book and get that first book out there? Yes. I think that, number one, that they should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And if what they're writing lines up biblically, prayerfully, writing, you just have to start. That's the hardest part is just starting because in the back of your head, there's always that voice that says, oh, you're wasting your time. Nobody's going to read this. But when the Lord tells you to do it, there's a purpose for it. Hmm. Whether anybody reads it or not, he has, you, has a purpose for it. And if he only has two people to read it, you know, you won't have wasted your time. Mm. So that's the way I feel about it. And I feel like that if you feel impressed to write something, just start. And the Lord will, he will take you because he did me. He took me the path that I needed to go in order to write what he wanted me to put in there. And Judy, thank you for following the Lord's leading on this and writing this book. It's titled, Life is Fragile but love is strong, identifying the people and circumstances comprising the mosaic window of our lives. It's written by Judy F. Hicks, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you buy your books, Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and down the street at your local bookstore, too. Well, Judy, thank you so much again for joining me tonight, for writing this book. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you so much. Planet Bound is the new book of tales. It's in stores right now by Jesse Orsini. I'm really happy that Jesse is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Thank you for having me. This is fun. This is fun, and Planet Bound sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds pretty imaginative. Can you tell us about it? Well, what it is right now is actually there's three stories in it, and each story takes place on a different planet, which is why the whole compilation is called Planet Bound. 
The first one is called The Book, and it's about four friends who find this mysterious book. And after they've finished reading it and they sign their names to the book saying that they're the owners, they become part of like this mystical team who is destined to help save the planet Pluto. So they go on this fun adventure. There's vampires, there's fairies, there's aliens. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. Hmm. The next story is called The Fight for Jupiter. And it's about this 16-year-old girl who is taken up to Jupiter. And while she's there, she helps the planet fight off the Martians. So it's a lot of fun. And it's a, it's a quick, easy read. That one's only like a couple pages. It's just super short. And then the last one is called Trapped. And it's about this girl who is 16. And she is taken to this new planet. And there she becomes part of like their, their knights. And while she's there, they discover that she is actually part of a prophecy that will either doom the planet or save the planet. And they're not sure how it's going to go. I love your imagination. This sounds fantastic. Now, sometimes in collections of stories like this, there's an overarching connection between them. Are these connected in any way or are they sort of independent? The first two are connected. The mm. third one is all on its own. Where did the ideas for these come from? They started out as short stories that I was actually writing for school in high school. Hmm. So they were like, just like these little, one of them was like a two page essay about like an imaginative essay. And I just really liked the story. And there was so many more ideas that I had that after the assignment was over, I just kept going with it. <laughs> I'm glad you did. So what inspired you to say, hey, I have these stories here. I think the world's ready for these. I want to get these published. Well, honestly, you know, COVID happened and I mm. lost my job and I had all of this extra time at home and I had these stories sitting in notebooks and I was like, maybe I should, you know, edit these and make these, you know, cohesive and put it all together and see what happens. And that's what I did. I have a feeling you might have a few more stories out there. Are you thinking about publishing some more? <laughs> yeah, I, I, do. I am thinking about it. I have a couple more that are I'm still working on trying to, you know, finesse and, and get everything cohesive and how I like it. And then we'll, we'll see what happens after that. So. Mm. so is this your first publishing experience then? This is, yes. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. It's such a big deal. How's it feel now to say, hey, I'm officially a published author now? It's honestly, this has been like one of my dreams since I was probably 13. So mm. this is outstanding. Do you have advice now, being that you've gone through this process? You know, the publishing process is not an easy thing. You got to have a lot of patience and there's a lot of work that goes into it. So what would you say to these aspiring authors who want to do the same thing? Don't give up. If you really want to do it, you can do it. And if you have to step back and take a break, do it. Take that break. Do it in the best way that you can do it for yourself. Because honestly, when you're publishing a book like this, it's for you. It's for your sense of accomplishment and everything. And if, if you rush through it, you can't take too long. You cannot take too long. You can do it at your pace and just, just do it. That's great advice. When you're writing this, did you have a certain readership in mind, a certain audience that you think this was geared toward? My children. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, my kids, um, right now, the oldest are 14. Mm. And they were actually like my beta readers as I before I sent it all out and everything. I told my girls to read it and they were both like, no, this is really great. And we really love it. And I was like, perfect. Then there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. You have your own team built in right there. Right. It was wonderful. <laughs> mm, that's great. 
So I have a feeling you're also an avid reader. Would I be right? Yes. Oh, so it, you're playing with a lot of genres in this book. Yes. Is there one that is your favorite? <laughs> My favorite is anything that involves magic of some kind. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like wizards and, and witches. It can be things like having like scientific magic, like mm. being able to be transported to other planets or working with alien species. There's a type of magic in all of that. And I, I love I love the magic aspect and being able to see the magic in the worlds that are created around you. What would you say was the most difficult, challenging part of getting your book published? Believing in myself that it was ready to be published, that was hard. It was convincing myself that it was it was done and it was ready and I need to stop making edits and I need to stop tweaking things because it's perfect the way it is. Well, the name of the book is Planet Bound, written by Jesse Orsini, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Jesse, thanks again for coming on the show. I had a really nice time talking, Jesse. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. We, the people of the USA, are in the last innings with bases loaded and a full count, according to the new book by Gary L. Robinson, Ph.D., titled Three Strikes, You're Out, USA. I'm really happy that Gary is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Gary, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for the opportunity, Corey. Can you tell me all about your book? What is Three Strikes, You're Out, USA all about? Basically, the, the, the short version is this. Looking at where we are today, we have an issue between government practices and biblical teachings. We have changed things. That the major crux of the book is about redemption of our nation and any other nation that wants to follow this process. It addresses the issue of no prayer in our public schools and how that came about through the Supreme Court. It also discusses the issue of abortion and how that came into existence. And then it also discusses the issue of homosexuality. It's an abomination unto God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and how that came into existence through the U.S. Supreme Court in other entities such as Congress, state legislatures, and there are people on both sides of the fence. And the basic premise here, Corey, is can we get out of this? And when we look at today's debt, we are somewhere between 27 and $31 trillion, mm. depending on what happens over the next few weeks or next year. So the only way we get out of that is repentance and acceptance of God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit for who they are, and God will heal this nation. And there's a great example of that historically. It's a little nation called Israel. The same could happen for us that's happened for them. That's the basics of what we've written about. It's the best way I can describe that. Now, can you talk about the baseball metaphor that you're working with? Absolutely. Let me just say this. I was asked by God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, because they knew my heart and the concerns that I had, and said, we want you to do this. And one of the best analogies we can give you is using baseball, because your nation loves baseball. Mm -hmm. More people would get it. So as we were doing this, I was working with a close friend that helped me design the cover. Mm. And we took the book cover and created it uh, with Alan Beam's assistance through his company, 
you get a copy of the book and you'll see the cover, there's a stadium that's blacked out pretty much. But behind it, you see a sunrise. And having an empty baseball stadium and a sunrise to visually share the difference between light and darkness. Hmm. And then the red stitches are used to wrap the leather around the baseball as a cover. The covering that God gave to the USA and the world is Jesus, the Son of God. And the stadium represents the darkness, which has and continues to wrap around the USA and the rest of the world. Right is wrong and wrong is right. The sunrise represents the light of the world, which is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And currently in our contemporary world, much is discussed about climate change and how the world's going to come to an end in the next 10 to 12 years. The reality is, is we don't have a climate change looming large over the earth. What we have is a morality issue is the best way to describe it. We can't keep doing what we're doing. And right now, this lack of morality issue is divided really into three distinct groups, moral, amoral, and immoral. And truly, the very real concern for the USA or any other nation is choosing immorality and Satan over the laws that God gave us, which Jesus fulfilled. And we, the people of the USA, are in the last innings with bases loaded and a full count. And there are two outcomes. We're going to have to choose which one it is. And because of that, we run the risk of being another footnote of history where a nation was completely taken out. We're called to have faith and to trust in his promises. And Gary, thank you for writing this. Uh, What's next? Do you have another book in the works? Not at this time. Um, I'm wanting to see how things turn out with this one. Because if you look at the book, you know, generally in a novel, you'll see on the even-numbered page the author's name. We agree, and Christian Faith Publishing agreed with me, to put God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit in that even-numbered page of the book, Mm. showing that they have the authorship. I'm just the messenger. Mm. And I'm hopeful that this gets our nation to turn around and that we can write another chapter that says, okay, we did this, and we're following what we were asked to do and watch our nation change back to what our founding fathers had expected us to be and what certainly what Jesus expects out of us. Absolutely. There is hope. And Gary, thank you again for writing this. The name of the book is Three Strikes, You're Out, USA, written by Gary L. Robinson, Ph.D., and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you get books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Gary, thank you again for being here on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation tonight. Thank you. It's an adventure millennia in the future with kidnappings, betrayals, deceit, torture, explosions, and lots more. It's the new novel out by Janae Taylor Lambrecht. It's called Parent Taker. I'm really happy that Janae is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Janae, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Thank you for having me on the show today. This book sounds super exciting. Can you tell me what it's all about? Yeah, it's set in the future where an evil man called the Master captures all the adults to use as slaves in his minds. The children are left to survive with the help of older children and the hero of the story, Jane. And Jane is trying to save all the adults while staying away from the Master and his evil henchmen. Hmm. 
This sounds truly like a children's fantasy, all the adults being captured and taken away. Right. Where did you get the idea for this? It just kind of came to me one day, and I just started writing on it, and it just kind of flowed together. Hmm. About how long did it take you to write? It took me probably a couple of months, like six months to write, and then to get it to where I was actually happy with it, it took probably around four years. Oh, wow. Was that a difficult process, the editing and getting everything just as you wanted it? Yeah, it was. Mm. What was the toughest thing about it? Did you constantly second-guess yourself? I kind of second-guessed myself on some of the parts. It just kind of didn't sound right in things, so I was trying to make it sound better with more details here and there to help it flow a little bit better, easier mm. to read. Is this the first time you've written or published? It is the first time I've written and published. Wow, congratulations. That's, that's a big deal. So you've written your first book and then you got that first book published. That's huge. How do you yeah. feel now having that out there? Oh, I'm very excited about it. It was a great, rewarding experience, to be honest. Do you have advice now for people who are just starting off like you and want to write that first book and want to get that first book out there for people? Yeah, I would say that write what you want to do and don't give up on it. Just be patient with it. Give your honest thoughts to it, and even if it takes a long time, you'll get through it. Mm. can be a long process. It can be trying, and patience, like you said, is definitely key to doing this all. Did you have people in your life who were, like, backing you up, who knew that you were writing this book, and knowing that you were putting so much work and time into it so they could sort of motivate you or keep you going? Yeah, my family was really supportive of it. Mm. They were constantly, you know, telling me to keep going, and even checking over some of my work to kind of give me some better ideas of how to fix things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly better if you have some people around you who can yes. help you along the way. So are you thinking of a sequel? Have you given that any thought? I don't know if I'll do a sequel to Parent Taker, but I do have quite a few other books I have started. Mm. Are you like a lot of readers that you get a lot of ideas and you start a lot of projects and then after a while they just kind of fizzle out because they're not exciting anymore? No, I've actually started writing on probably three of my books that I have started. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So often when you want to write, it's also because you enjoy reading. Are you an avid reader? I am an avid reader. Oh, so these kind of imaginative books like uh, like Parent Taker, is that the genre you're drawn to or are you sort of more diverse than that? I'm more probably drawn to the genre of Parent Taker, mm. the fantasy kind of thing more so, but I read a bunch of different varieties. Mm. I just write in fantasy. A lot of great fantasy authors out there. Who's your favorite? You know, I don't really have just one favorite. <laughs> <laughs> too many good ones. <laughs> there are too many good ones out there. It's hard to choose just one. Oh, absolutely. So when you sit down to write a story, is it something that you have to sort of get in the right place and the, the right atmosphere, maybe put some music on or something? Or, or do you just write as the ideas are coming to you? Usually I can just write as the ideas come to me. If I get really stuck, then I'll kind of change pace and put on some music or find something to kind of inspire me to write on it some more. Now, when it comes to the age of the readers that you think this is ideal for, what did you have in mind? I was thinking probably the young adults, hmm. because I think they would appreciate how the story goes and could kind of connect of like, what would happen if all the parents were taken and how they had, and the children had to defend themselves and overcome everyday life. Well, this is a great premise for a book. It sounds super exciting. Again, this is called Parent Taker, written by Janae Taylor Lambrecht. 
published by Fulton Books. And you can find this everywhere you get books at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Janae, thank you again for joining me tonight. Thank you for putting this story out to the world. Sounds really, really fantastic. Let's do this again for your next one. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Look forward to the next one. A Limousine Driver Recounts Truly Memorable Encounters. It's in the new book by the Reverend Eugene Kaysen. It's called Wisdom from the Woodshed. Really happy that Reverend Eugene is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Eugene, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Brother, it's an awesome opportunity to speak to you over the airways and, and to, to God's people. It's truly great to be speaking with you as well. Can you tell me about Wisdom from the Woodshed? Well, brother, it's, it all came about as a result of tremendous uh, challenges and tragedies and a lot of setbacks. But I know the God that I serve demonstrated that he's still a comeback in the midst of your situation. Mm. And these are some truly memorable encounters as a limousine driver. Yes, sir. And I've met a lot of tremendous, very important people. And I've always had the gift, the great gift of exhortation to encourage anyone, whether they're on top or whether they're down below or in the middle, that the word of God is still sharpening any two-edged sword. It cuts to the bone, to the marrow, and to the discernment of the heart. Indeed. Did this take you a long time to write? It took at least about a year, sir. Mm. And is this the first book you've written, or have you done this before? Yes, this is the first of many to come. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations on number one being out there for you. What's it feel like whenever you say to yourself, now I am officially a published author? It's, it's exciting, sir. You know, it just it sometimes it's just really hard to believe that I actually something that I was had in the back of my mind for a number of years, and then now all of a sudden it comes to fruition. And I believe by the grace of God that book is going to explode. Absolutely. And you said there are more on the way. So can you tell me a little bit about what we have in store? Well, what I have in store is as I continue to to go through this book and speak to a, a multitude of people, not only on a Christian level, but also in a secular arena as well, that there'll be others, uh, other stories that will come as a result of that. Mm. Um, I'm curious about everyone you've met, everyone you've talked to, and all the life-changing things that have happened. Can you give me just one example, a little taste of one encounter that was, was really significant? I've uh, in, encouraged a gentleman that was in my limousine that his son was uh, sick in the hospital and didn't look like he was going to make it. And just before I dropped him off at the airport here in Denver, Colorado, I gave an encouraging word not to look at his son's situation, but trust God, mm. that God will do exactly what he said. The guy was so fired up. By the time he got out of the car, he said, wow, man, no one's ever talked to me like that. And I said, they won't. Wow. So what advice would you have for people who also want to write their book? They have a message. They have a story to tell. They want to get it out there. What encouragement could you offer them? Well, I, I would say that number one is to just surround yourself with same like-minded people and don't let nobody talk you out of your miracle or your vision and pray that God would send the right people across your path to help put that thing together and for it to be the success that it was meant to be because we are all gifted and talented in various ways. But you got to find out who you are in Christ first and then put the pedal to the metal after that. Mm. Oh, Eugene, I really admire your passion and, and your encouragement. Your, your words truly do inspire. 
Well, that's that's one thing. When I was a kid, a little boy of, uh, of twelve brothers and sisters, my mother always told me before she passed, and she passed when I was about uh, twelve years old on April the twenty fourth, nineteen sixty six. But she said, if I don't see it, you're always going to be well liked by various different people. And I thought that was kind of silly at the time. But I've seen it over the years as an adult, how it has just lifted people from some of the worst situations in their life, even uh, on their deathbed. Mm. Now, publishing a book, it takes some patience. It takes a lot of time. There's a lot of work involved in it. What would you say was the most challenging part of getting this out on store shelves? Trying to make sure that you piece everything together exactly right so there's a good flow in it and that the Spirit of God is moving in it from the beginning to the middle, to the end, because each said that he's Alpha and he's Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the first. He's the last who was and who is and who is to come. If you keep that in mind, you're going to get the job done for Jesus. Eugene, thank you so much for your words. The book is called Wisdom from the Woodshed, written by Reverend Eugene Kaysen and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere you get your books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and down the street at your local bookshop, too. Reverend Eugene, wow, what a great time I've had speaking with you, sir. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Brother, it's been a great opportunity that you guys would call me and God would allow me to be in a position like this. Just remember this, that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. God bless you, sir. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.